1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and
2: 365-day returns. The Michael Reed Show podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at lmfm.ie
1: Tuesday morning, the 11th of May. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reid on LMFM. Ray of hope lit up smiles around the country yesterday as people started taking the first steps out of lockdowns. Yesterday's step will be followed step by step in line with vaccination programme. The plan is for 82% of the population to have received at least one dose of the vaccine by the end
2: of June. We have now, as we stand, four vaccines. Vaccines, all licensed uh, for use, um, and we have guidance that applies to the use of those and operational arrangements in place with the HSE that are, that, are, that are delivering those vaccines.
1: If all four of uh, the vaccines, Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson, could be used on all adults, uh, the vaccination programme would be well on track. But as we know, there have been some complications.
2: Unusual side effect that's been reported in respect of two of those vaccines. Uh, and any other evidence that I think is is relevant, as well as the experience and that other countries are reporting around the impact of those vaccines.
1: The CMO, Dr Tony Houlin, who has written to NIAC about two of these vaccines, the AstraZeneca and the Johnson & Johnson vaccines.
2: Seeking an update in relation to the advice and guidance that would apply in a situation whereby a cohort, a substantial cohort of the population over the age of 50s, who as you well know, are those at greatest risk for this disease, other than the medically vulnerable under the age of 50.
1: And This evolving process, uh, Dr Houlihan says, uh, the focus was on people over the age of 50, those who are most vulnerable to the virus, and it was decided AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson is safe for anyone over 50.
2: You get to a point then when you've done that, it no longer, it it, it isn't necessarily the case that you don't then use that vaccine in younger people. You then need to look again at the evidence and see what's the most appropriate way of prioritising that and considering do you use it or not in that younger age group or which who among that younger age group might have access to it.
1: International evidence is always taken into account but that doesn't mean there's a clear way forward. In Germany, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is available now to all adults but in the UK, under 40s are to be offered an alternative
2: to AstraZeneca. Uh, Doubtless in the context of both the UK decision and advice that you're referring to and the German one, there is an equivalent of a NIAC process doing exactly what I've described in their way, sifting and carefully and independently examining the evidence, coming to determination on it and giving advice to the appropriate decision makers.
1: The CMO, Dr. Tony Houlihan. Now, these are some of the factors uh, that will be taken into account when the National Advisory Immunisation Committee comes to its conclusions and makes its recommendations.
0: Evidence is accumulating on a day-to-day basis. As you know, America haven't restricted the use of Janssen vaccine, so they'll be, they'll be accumulating a lot more evidence around the these
1: extremely rare side effects. The UK, again, are using AstraZeneca. They've done a lot of second doses already, and we're getting a lot more evidence from them. So, uh, as as has been said, we're going to be reviewing that evidence on a a very regular basis. That's Dr. Lucy Jessup, who was speaking at uh, the latest NEFET press briefing, which took place on Friday. Let's discuss this now with Stephen McMahon, who's spokesperson for the Irish Patients Association. Good morning to you, Stephen. Thanks for joining us, as always. Uh, And if that 82% target of people being offered their first dose of vaccine by the end of June is to be met. Uh, Well, that would require 400,000 vaccines being administered a week, every week through the month of June. That's a tall target in itself. But is it possible, do you think, without all four vaccines being available?
0: Well, I think, first of all, you know, it's good to see that the system is now up and running um, efficiently and getting people at, uh, jabs into arms. And obviously that the supply situation seems to have settled somewhat than it was a few weeks ago when we were all very anxious over the various problems that were there at the time. Um, I think it's important, um, as you point out there, there have been a number of points made by the CMO and by um, various uh, spokespeople there, that the um, Taoiseach, uh, you know, quite rightly, uh, has given his support for lowering the age limit on the change age vaccine. Um, Now, the basis of that is to ensure no jabs go to waste, but we would see that as a little bit further Insofar as that um, once a, a a person is going to get uh, the vaccination that they are informed about whatever risks there are associated with it, and that is the informed consent process, so it's a matter of the the, the individual person making that decision based on the information as to the risks associated with any particular vaccine, I mean putting it in context um, the uh, in some of the reports it's like one in a million. Chance of developing um, uh, uh, these blood blood mm. clots, uh, according to your um, you know your 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 age and so on. And uh, AstraZeneca, I think, is in your forties. It's one in a hundred thousand, and it does drop to people in their in their thirties down to one in sixty thousand. But the thing is that um, that that is that is a a risk that should be um, uh, dis- explained to the, to the person. And I'm saying person, because they're not patients, but you do have a, a right to inform consent. And we would support, uh, you know, the lowering of the age limit. I mean, you, you pointed out there, Michael, in your lead-in, that the reports are today in, in the German, uh, about Germany, that it's to approve the J&J COVID vaccines for all age groups and the AstraZeneca has been available to all age groups since Saturday. Mm. Now, just a quick point about the the J&J vaccine. That costs €7 a dose um, in in the European price structure, and it's only a single shot. So you have robust protection, they say, after 15 days, and after a significant protection after 29 days. Now, with the other doses where you're getting you know two doses twenty eight or even up to eighty four days after the um after mm-hmm. the the second do- or sorry after the first dose, you know there's certainly uh, quite a lot of um uh, benefits in actually going in particularly for the j and j vaccine if that is approved for the age group so they say what we i think what the public in my view is that uh, they need to see to be able to say well. If we are making a decision in Ireland, and there are decisions being made in the UK or Germany or in America, you know we need to see a consistent scientific approach to it in the way that things are evaluated, because that is where it's confusing. I mean, I'm on now this morning with you, Michael, telling people about Germany and the UK where there was no age limit, and this creates uh, confusion in the average person's mind to say, Mm. "Well, why isn't it happening here?"
1: Mm. Well, that's it, Uh, and. Uh, There's a a real dilemma in uh, giving people that uh, informed choice because if people choose not to take the vaccine, uh, then you've got another problem. What do you do then? Um, Because you can't offer them an alternative in a circumstance circumstance like that, uh, because uh, the logical conclusion is that a lot of people will opt to take the alternative if there's a risk with one of them.
0: Well, exactly, and people are risk-adverse, but at the end of the day, I, I believe in the UK now, they're saying that as a result of the success of their uh, vaccination program, that 10,000 less deaths have happened. Mm. That is, And that's not counting the impact on, you know, hospital structures or, you know, the health system, whatever, it, in, in people actually living, 10,000 people are living today um, that because of the vaccination, um, uh, as opposed to if they hadn't had it, um, those people would be dead with all the associated um, uh, costs associated with that. So I think really, uh, uh, you know, the question for NIAC really is, you know, um, it's not so much lowering it down just by, you know, from the I think the minister is looking at between in, in people in their forties and um, our mid forties. It should really be saying like, you know. What is the situation about actually lowering it down to above 18 mm. and, uh, you know, making it available? Because, you know, as you say, the reports of Germany at the weekend when they opened up AstraZeneca to all of the age groups, you know, that, there were, that their, their GP practices were inundated with people wanting to book their, book their vaccination. Yep. And that, that's a good sign, you know.
1: And what about a gender approach? Uh, because I think there's been more incidents uh, of these adverse reactions in women.
0: Well, yes. And I think that this needs to be to be understood. And, um, you know, like we are lay people in the in the in the Mm. in the conclave of the the, uh, scientific experts. Mm. And, you know, we need to be these things need to be explained and reassured. But I think that um, the important thing here is that there is success now with the vaccination program. There is that wonderful opportunity now for people who have been cocooning for the last You know, seven, eight months, indeed a year, I've come across some people to actually sort of uh, uh, get the confidence and take the footsteps outside their door and and to, you know, reestablish themselves in their communities and their friendships and so on and so forth. But it's all dependent, really, on the big game, which is vaccinations and supply. And I think that NIAC needs to ensure that, you know, the Irish people are being evaluated on the same basis as everywhere else internationally and so that we can get these vaccines you know, in younger age groups so that more people are are, um, vaccinated.
1: Never as much talk uh, as there has been this week about hugging people, which is a wonderful thing. It's been a a very good week, the best week probably in 14 months for many of us living in uh, this country. Uh, And uh, when we hear all uh, of uh, these concerns as remote as they may be, uh, they feed into... Uh, The concerns uh, that people are being faced with on a daily basis on the Internet and that they've to balance the public health advice uh, against the stuff that they're reading about. This is an experimental vaccine. It's a dangerous vaccine. It's going to lead to this, that and the other. It's only designed to make the rich richer and all of these nonsense conspiracy theories that we're reading about on the Internet.
0: Absolutely. I mean, on a personal basis, and the Irish Patients Association as well, has been a long time advocate for lifetime immunisations. And we're not just talking about COVID and flu, we're talking about shingles and pneumonia Mm. and all the other things, you know, the the, the babies getting their inoculations and so on. So, you know, vaccines save lives. And we've just seen the practical example 10,000 people in the Mm. UK are saying have not died because of the COVID vaccination programme. So, all of this talk, you know, once people, if there are risks associated with the vaccine, and not only vaccines. Uh, any prescription medicine carries its own set of risks. Mm. Open up any medicine uh, leaflet and you'll see at the end of it uh, all of the kind of reactions that might happen, in you know, one per 100,000 or one per million or whatever else. This is not uncommon. It's just that we haven't had the same attention to it perhaps before in actually reading those um, patient information leaflets in their, in their medicine chest and so on. So, you know, there are bigger issues there uh, for patients mm. to get consent in the area of maybe uh, psychiatric medicines and so on and so forth. And mm. they are fully aware well, of what they're well, actually
1: taking. Well, actually, quite often the people who are writing uh, these conspiracy theories on the Internet are, are taking psychiatric medications. Uh, they have their own problems in that. Uh, but uh, those who have great expertise are advocating the vaccines uh, and there is a far greater risk to health and life from covid so obviously we'd encourage everybody to take the vaccine we're doing quite well here really aren't we in terms oh, yeah. of the rollout of the vaccine program i mean there's a lot of uh, uh, criticism a lot of impatience and so on but we we're talking about germany i think in germany they're hoping to have everyone over the age of 60 being offered the first dose of the vaccine by the end of may and that would seem to be behind where we're at
0: yeah, exactly. And I mean, the thing is, we did have a, you know, a slow start in the early stages and, you know, people were quite rightly, um, you know, questing, to, you know, to understand why those delays were happening. And that's probably more down to the lack of communication that people could understand what the problems were associated with those uh, earlier supply problems. Um we are i think we're at at the moment we're nearly about uh, almost one in three adults i think are thereabouts have been um, vaccinated got their first dose, and that 's a really good sign um I think really uh, you know if we are to compare different countries and their and I mean, we could say well the u k are leaps and bounds ahead of us, uh, and you know but we have to understand that we're looking at apples and apples, if you know what i mean mm-hmm. and um, the key thing here is that we you know encourage um, people to avail of the opportunity to get the vaccine when they're offered. i just like to say I don't think that people that are writing these um, blogs and so on, you know, are necessarily people who are on psychiatric medicine. I think that's a little bit harsh, perhaps, on them, because, mm. you know, it's, it's people that have particular agendas. It's nothing to do with their medicines or if they are on them. It's, it's just the fact that they're, uh, you know, stirring this up in the public mind. And then uh, I remember at a meeting in, in, in Brussels there about two years ago, the, the issue about this misinformation arose. And one very important point that was made is that a lot of people, Um, that have concerns about, or you know, have uh, issues about vaccinations and so on. It's not that they are part of the anti-vax movement. It's the fact that they're confused. And that's a challenge for the authorities to ensure that these people get the information about the benefits and risks about their medicines, rather than actually putting them into a corral and saying, ah, they're all anti-vax, when it's probably Mm. a small cohort of individuals anonymously on the internet or on Twitter or whatever else it is uh, confusing them.
1: Mm, who are taking on qualified medical experts uh, who are telling us uh, because of uh, the professional opinion that uh, what is safe uh, is what is being uh, advocated uh, by government and that the vaccines are far safer than COVID and so on. Uh, there has been some problems as well, Stephen. Uh, one. Uh, typical problem uh, highlighted in an email to us uh, from Nolene who tells us uh, that herself and her husband are in their 60s they're in Dundalk in County Louth, and they haven't being given an appointment yet i don't think they're on their own they say they rang to escalate uh, the matter but in the meantime they're constantly getting texts from families and friends who are younger who are well vaccinated at this stage it's disheartening and she says i really want to know why this is happening have any other listeners got the same problem i, I think they do but what have you got to say to them Stephen?
0: Well, first of all, I think that, you know, we did have a number of cases over the Easter um, holiday of people, of, of, of wonderful folks in their mid-90s who had been waiting at home for many, many weeks to get the jab, and um, uh, when we intervened, um, you know, that they were connected with the system and, you know, were, received their vaccination almost, I think, within 24, 48 hours, and they were absolutely overjoyed. So I understand the concerns that that couple have whether they're in their 60s or 90s or 40s you know if you're due to get your jab and you're not getting it so the advice I would sort of give to them is that um, they're saying that if you're saying to me there that that they have tried the number that they've been given to make contact with the HSC is that correct? Uh,
1: yes I believe so
0: Yeah uh, well I, I think that it's a question of maybe getting onto their GP and saying to them look we are having difficulty in getting through to them we have the you know have 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 can, can the GP organise it for them, or um, you know intervene with the appropriate local? Um, uh, people in the community services that sure. are actually organising it. Um, if the problems that you might pass on there are email to them, and um, you know we'll see, when we get a broader idea. If you forward on that email with their permission, mm-hmm. um, we'd have a quick look at it. We'd be them. delighted to
1: do that. And if anybody is wondering why they haven't had uh, an appointment yet, that helpline is open 24 hours a day. It's an 1850 number. It's 1850 24 1850. That's 1850 24 1850. If you have a Questions to ask about where you are in, in uh, the scheduling process. Stephen, we will forward that on to you. And thank you indeed uh, for taking that on for us and indeed for joining us here on the programme this morning. Thank you, Michael. Yes. Thank you indeed. Stephen McMahon, spokesperson for the Irish Patients Association.
0: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times.